This is Chad Brashears, and you're listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. This podcast is about creating a behind-the-scenes look with coaches, fans, and reporters from our point of view, sharing cool stories as only we've lived them. The goal is for you to learn something new to help your life and allow yourself to take a break from everyday chaos and let us give you a behind-the-scenes look into our world. Never In My Wildest Dreams podcast begins in... Good morning and welcome to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. Today is Monday, April the 19th, 2021, 19th day of the fourth month of the new year. Looking forward to today's show. We got Monday Motivation Sports Wrap weekend chat from what happened over the weekend, as well as talked with Tim Kelby with regards to golf in Washington County. Let's first start in the world of sports. Let's first start in the NFL. We're less than 10 days away from the NFL draft. It looks like Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be the one that goes first to the Jaguars. But he's going to give $20,000 to Jacksonville Charities after a Jaguars fan gave him an $11,000 wedding donation. Trevor knows he's going to be making some serious money here soon, so he's decided that he is going to give $20,000 to Jacksonville Charities. Urban Meyer says that is the direction that they are going. It looks like Super Bowl winning quarterback Tom Brady is recovering from his knee surgery. He knows he'll be fine by the start of season. He also thinks that he has a chance to come back for their OTAs here very shortly. Speaking of OTAs, let's stay right there with this. The NFL Players Association Executive Director, Dee Marie Smith, said it is the union's position that is best interest of the players to not participate in voluntary offseason workouts. He does not think that they get anything out of them, and he's heard that their coaches are telling them they need to show up, and that is truly not the case. This is all for the NFL today. Let's move on to Major League Baseball. In yesterday's scores, the Arizona Diamondbacks topped the Nationals 5-2. The Orioles fall to the Rangers 1-0 in 10 innings. The Philadelphia Phillies beat the Cardinals 2-0. The Tampa Bay Rays beat the last-place Yankees. For their fifth straight game, 4-2. In seven innings, the Chicago White Sox topped the Boston Red Sox 3-2. The Cleveland Indians beat the Cincinnati Reds 6-3. The Giants beat the Marlins 1-0. In 10 innings, the Pirates beat the Brewers 6-5. The Kansas City Royals topped the Blue Jays 2-0. The New York Mets beat the Rockies 2-1. The Athletics topped the Tigers 3-2. The Seattle Mariners beat the Astros 7-2. The LA Dodgers fall to the Padres 5-2. And in the second game of the doubleheader, the White Sox beat the Red Sox 5-1 in seven innings. That's a makeup from April 16th's game. The Atlanta Braves drum the Cubs 13-4 and postponed yesterday was the Twins and the Angels on to tonight's games. The St. Louis Cardinals travel to Washington, D.C. to take on the Nationals. It must be an early getaway day in Boston because the White Sox and Red Sox are playing at 11.10 this morning. The Giants and the Phillies play this evening in Philadelphia. The Tampa Bay Rays travel to Kansas City to take on the Royals. The Texas Rangers are out west playing the Anaheim Angels. The Dodgers could travel north to Seattle to take on the Mariners. The Brewers go west to take on the Padres. And postponed again this evening are the Twins and the Athletics. That is all for baseball. Now on to NBA basketball. Let's first start with yesterday's action. The Atlanta Hawks beat the Pacers 129-117. to Trey Young leads the Hawks with 34 points. The Knicks beat the Pelicans 122-112 to in overtime. Julius Randle goes for 33, while Zion Williamson goes for 34 points. The Miami Heat beat the Brooklyn Nets 109-107. to Adebayo has 21 points and 15 rebounds to lead the Heat. The Hornets beat the Trailblazers 109-101. to Terry Rozier has 34 points to lead the Hornets, while CJ McCollum has 22 for the Trailblazers. The Hawks top the Magic 114-110. to Christian Wood has 25-10 and to lead Houston. The Raptors beat the OKC Thunder 112-106. Chris Boshear has 31 points and 12 rebounds to lead Toronto. The Kings stop the Mavericks 121-107. De'Aaron Fox has 30 points for Sacramento, while Luka Doncic has 37 for Dallas. And the last game of yesterday, the Clippers 
beat the Timberwolves 124 to 105. Paul George has 23 points to lead the Clippers. Now on to tonight's games. The Chicago Bulls travel to Beantown to take on the Celtics. The Cleveland Cavaliers are in Detroit to play the Pistons. The Warriors are in Philly to take on the 76ers. The Spurs travel to Indiana to take on the Pacers. The Rockets travel to Miami to play against the Heat. The Thunder are in the nation's capital to take on the Wizards. The Suns travel north to take on the Bucks in Milwaukee. The Grizzlies are in Denver to take on the Nuggets. And the Utah Jazz are in the Staples Center to take on the Lakers. That is all in NBA basketball. Now on to college hoops. Jim Beheim announces today that Cornell transfer Jimmy Beheim will now be wearing the orange. He will join his brother Buddy Beheim and play for the father Jim. Jimmy wrote on his Instagram, according to ESPN writer Jeff Borzillo, Back home to the place where I fell in love with the game of basketball. It just feels right and I cannot wait. I'm counting down the days when I can get into the Mellow Center and just start working out again. That is pretty cool. I think it would be awesome to coach my son if I had one at the college level just like that, but that's pretty wild. Sad news in college basketball. Texas assistant coach Nelson Haggerty dies in a car crash. He passed away in a single car crash early Friday morning. He was 47 years old. He joined North Texas in 2019 after eight seasons as a head coach at Midwestern State in Texas. He led Midwestern to five NCAA Division II tournaments, including three number one seeds, along with an Elite Eight, two Sweet 16 appearances. He was named the NABC Region Coach of the Year in 2012. He played at Baylor from 91 to 95 and is the Baylor Bears all-time assist leader. That is all in the world of college basketball. Monday motivation when we come back right after this. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. Welcome back to Never in My Wildest Dream podcast. Monday motivation. I want to talk to you about something real quick that I think is really important in the game of life. Surefire way that you're going to fail in life. Let's talk about from a sports analogy before we get into a life analogy. I've seen teams that are down 11 points in basketball, down two touchdowns in football, down a couple goals in soccer, down a couple runs in baseball. And every single time as the game gets closer to the finality, as a fan or as a coach, you can sit and watch and see the energy or the other team drop. The body language sucks. Their chins droop, as I say, you know, you're dragging your chin on the floor. You're actually cleaning up the floor because your chin's getting all the dirt. They concede by just body language and mental thoughts. The game's over. But I'm gonna tell you this right now, once you concede, you never will come back, ever. When you give up all hope, and sometimes all you have to live on is hope, the hope of coming back in the game, the hope of a big home run or a three-point shot or you know the Hail Mary in football. When you give up on hope, that's the only way you never win. As a coach, I ask all of my players to understand this. If there is still time on the clock, you can prevail. You can succeed. We will never quit. We will play until the horn. Last year against Williamsport, we're home. The fourth quarter starting, we're down 20 points. I tell the guys, hey, let's get this sucker to 10 or 12 with four minutes to go. Then with two minutes to go, let's get this thing to one possession ball game and see what happens. We rolled the dice. We came back and won. It's because they believed and they never gave up hope. Because hope at the end of the day is the only thing you have. If you devote your time and energy into winning, not just on a basketball court or a football field or a baseball field, if you devote it to winning in life and that's all you talk about, that's what you're going to get. Preaching things into existence. You know, I talk all the time about changing lives and wanting to be somewhere different. You know, there's somebody in Meredith Medical Center, which is a hospital here in Washington County, that a person's laying there on a ventilator. No hope, no chance of coming back, you know, maybe struggling from COVID, maybe was in a bad car accident like I was, that could have been a lot worse. That person would give anything to be in your shoes dealing with your struggles that day because nobody wants to be that person lying in that hospital bed. 
If you're willing to switch your life to see what it's like on the other side, you're not devoted to your life enough. And you complain about that, you know, man, I'm complaining about this and that. Well, I'm telling you, there's somebody that wants your life right now. Talk about comeback stories, you know, never giving up. I've lived one. I've lived multiple, actually. But, you know, some I put myself in harm's way. Other ones I didn't put myself in harm's way. But the mental toughness that I had to have to overcome everything in life that I've overcome is something that I have struggled with. I mean, I even said it yesterday. I devoted way too much time and way too much energy in trying to overcome something and thinking on the negative of what just occurred instead of the positive of what can occur. And therapy's helped me with that. If I look back to all the negative shit that has happened in my life and think I'm strongly struggling to overcome that, overcome that, overcome that, instead of I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, man, the energy level is a hell of a lot different and the smile on your face is a hell of a lot better. If you want to go get something in life, talk about it and go get it. If you want to start your own company, you want to go for a new job, you want to go move across country and start something fresh where nobody knows you, nobody cares about your past, go do it. But talk about doing that. Don't leave because you're running from something. Leave because you're going to get something. And a lot of people don't understand that. The mental toughness that I had to overcome and the best analogy I can use is this. I now see the sun through the clouds, where before I would always bitch that the clouds were blocking my sun. It's that simple. I see the sun through the clouds, I don't have the clouds blocking my sun anymore in my head, and that has been all the difference for me moving forward in my mental capacity to become healthier. You want to fail in life? Talk about the clouds that are blocking your sun. Not about going to get a new pair of sunglasses to wear because that sun is going to be bursting through those clouds at any given second. This is my Monday motivation. When we come back, Tim Kelby and I will be talking about golf in Washington County. We will be back right after this. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in three, two, one. Looking forward to having Tim back on the show. I know I have him on consistently, and Tim is going to be coming on every Friday moving forward so we can kind of catch up on a little bit of anything. But we're going to start right now in this conversation with regards to back in the early 50s and what it looked like golf-wise in Washington County. We're just going to talk about some different courses and different players and different tournaments and everything like that. So here is Tim and I talking about golf in Washington County. Of course, when Beaver Creek opened in uh, 59, you know, a lot of them were playing, were representing both clubs, Beaver Creek and Fountainhead. So that just added to the, uh, uh, you know, to what uh, was going on here in the county. Now, and then, of course, Black Rock opens later on. What is, if you had to guess, what's the rivalry like between the clubs? The clubs, yeah. Here, none. There is none. Okay. Uh, not now. There used to be. Okay. Uh, Back in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. they would schedule, uh, they considered them quote-unquote practice rounds before any tournament that they were playing. You know, like the state team, if they were playing it, you know? Right. They would schedule a practice round where like 14 or 15 of the guys from each club would get together and they would just beat on each other for a round of 18 holes. Hmm. But it's not like that anymore. No. I mean, you mentioned there was Oak Ridge, which was the par three, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when yeah. did Yingling's open? Uh, I can't even tell you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I, just, I mean, I figured yes. that would be a par three. Because uh, you figure them and Oak Ridge were in the par threes. You talked about, you know, having the other, the professional putt-putt courses pretty yeah. much. And then, really, it was... If you wanted to golf, you either golfed at Beaver Creek or you golfed at um, Fountainhead until Black Rock opened. Oh, yeah, but you had to remember, too, back in, in those yeah, from the from when Fountainhead opened in 24, 19, they're coming up on 100 years. Yeah, they are. And they're starting to make plans already for the 100, for 100 and I can't wait to see what they do uh, for 100 years old. Uh 
but that was a very, very, Fountainhead was very prestigious mm-hmm. in in the region, not just for the town, but for the region. There and um, uh, and it still it still is, and it, it carries it carries a lot of weight, and that's why it's been able to attract. You know, they're in the they're in the ten year, eight to ten year revolving window to host the Maryland Open. Okay, uh, you know, you don't just out of the sky; it just doesn't drop on you. No. Uh, but that course is so tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just don't. I, 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 I always go back to a story that I did with uh, Maury Povich. I remember uh, when Maury he when came he was in. There. Yeah, TV. Yeah, he came in. He was uh, attempting to qualify. Oh, it was for the U.S. Amateur, I think it was. But at any rate, this was, it was back in two thousand. Six, I think it was. Yeah, it was either 2005, 2006. I had just yeah. gotten out of college, and I remember him coming to play at the country club. Yeah, and the thing that was so unique about that is that uh, the, the club got told me that he was, you know, registered on the tee sheet. So I got through uh, to his office in New York to find out when he was coming in, you know, and all that good stuff. And I could not believe how he was uh he gave me a time to meet him when he got in here mm-hmm. before he started warming up for the tournament and he was annoying he was he just talked and talked and talked hey i mean he just talked golf uh he loved the game of course he was like a four handicap i was just gonna ask and you. and uh, then afterwards you know we had uh he insisted he insisted i sit down and have lunch with him in the grill room while we continued to interview and he he was fabulous i mean he didn't qualify he missed it but uh he had a great time uh, and he said he had always heard about the club that's why he came in hmm. to play i mean it's tight it's a if you don't know that course it'll eat you alive you have to oh, know absolutely. where to drop shots that's why i tell you there's a lot of people the funny thing you know and, I, and having covered when i see what i covered four three Maryland opens and several other tournaments there you hear golfers come in and they look at the yardage and the, uh, and they, you know, they see that it's only like, you know, 6,600 yards. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, that's 600 yards shorter minimum than what today's standards are. And they think, Oh man, I'm oh, I just beat the shit out of this course. You know, everybody's going to come in and red numbers, yada, 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 yada. And it doesn't happen. No. It just, doesn't happen at all and uh it's it's a monster it really is if you're not playing well it's a bigger monster uh, yes i mean you get underneath some of those trees it's like oh my gosh you might as well just especially on the front yeah absolutely I mean, the back kind of has almost more of a lynx feel, like in certain areas across the street. Well, when you get to the back area there, yep. where it crosses the road, yep. you've got uh, four holes there that are, are linkish. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I thought. It's got too. a big mix. It's Donald Ross. I mean, it's Donald Ross. You know, that's, you know, that's the way his – small greens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an old-time course that has stood the test of time. Absolutely. Now – is Dirk still the low shot there? Does he still have, like, the lowest score? No. Really? No, not at Fountainhead, no. Uh, the record at Fountainhead, uh, I want to say is 63. Oh, wow. Uh, I think that's what it is off the top of my head. But Dick Mullen, who was a pro there, was a pro at Beaver Creek. Mm-hmm. I think he shot a 63 at both places. Oh, wow. That'd I knew be... he did Beaver Creek. And that's still a, that's still a norm there. Uh, you know, and Ashley, Ashley Greer, she holds the women's record. I'm, I'm sure she does. Uh, I, I can see that. But, uh, yeah, there's some really great golfers. Absolutely. That, uh, from out of there. Well, and, you know, as we were, as we were just talking, it's funny how this area is known for golf. You know, mm-hmm. we do have a lot of good golfers that come in and out of here. I mean, the Waco, I guess I don't know the difference between the Waco and then there's another, I know the Waco is at Beaver Creek. Is there another event that's at Beaver Creek that only Maryland people can play in? Or am I wrong in thinking that? 
Only Maryland? Or only Washington County people, I'm sorry. No. No. So the Waco uh, is the Waco the Washington is County open. open, but anybody can come play in it. Correct. Got you. Okay. It happens to be the Washington County tournament, gotcha. but it's an open tournament. Got you. That that oh, that's what I guess. Oh, we, oh, just think of when, some you know, eight you know for eight years in a row, we, the champions came from uh, Waynesboro. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, and we've had uh, champions that have come in, players that have come in from Pittsburgh, uh, other areas in uh, Pennsylvania. We still have people that have moved out of uh, Washington County that live down in the Carolinas mm-hmm. uh, to come back for it. Wow. They come back to play in it. And there's one guy that was a, uh, a member here. He's been gone uh, 12 years, I would say. He lives in Norway. But every other year he comes back to play. Oyvind Pedersen, something like that. And he flies over to play just in yeah. Mexico? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's the format for that? Is it thirty-six holes, or is it that's eight? straight up metal play? Straight up metal play. Yeah, yeah, straight up metal. Now, is it thirty-six, or do they do seventy? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is the last local winner Ryan Crabtree? The last local. Uh, that would. Wait a minute! All I got to do is hold on. I just happen to have one of the books in front of me. I believe he is, but. Uh... Uh, no, he's not. Okay. Well, how local do you want to say? Well, Washington uh, County? Yeah, Was- like a Washington County person. Is okay, he- then he's the last Washington County. That's what- but the last two the last two winners have come from Frederick. Okay. And that and that becomes really competitive down the stretch over there, doesn't it? Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. Uh, it's, uh... You know, I've gotten you know over the years I I got to know these guys pretty mm-hmm. well, and you know it's when they don't win, or if they blew a chance to win, oh they I mean they're upset with their game they're upset with, you know, and then getting ready for it I mean they're out there working their tails off and practicing oh I bet so it's, I mean they go after it oh yeah yep and especially the playoffs oh my goodness had several playoffs in the last few years. I mean, those are, uh, those are nail biters. Now, are they, do they go sudden? Now, was maybe a metal player. Do they go to uh, sudden death? Uh, it goes uh, sudden death. Sudden death. And I yeah. heard Beaver Creek flipped the course. Yeah, they did, which uh, a lot of people liked, and there were a lot of old-timers that don't like it. I, I was that was going to be my next question because I know you're an avid. Don't golfer put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the old way. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the old course coming up, coming up the old eighteen, which was somewhat of a theatrical setting, where the uh, food tent and all that stuff was, and they had a big board. When right? they, yeah, when they flipped that, they lost that because they've got that stupid ass patio. Yes. Uh, that they always, that they consider to be the place to watch them coming up to new 18. Yeah. Well, you're so far away from it. Yeah, you know. And you can't see everything because they don't have, because you got the trees. They're right. coming up the right-hand side. So, but I mean, I mean, for the guys that can hit it, I mean, it's a hole that can be eagled. True. To win a tournament. You can eagle 18 to win a tournament there. That'd be an interesting way to to win it out, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> there has really not been any uh, since they flipped the course. There really has not been any uh, real uh, exciting finishes like there were there have been on the old uh, eighteen. Well, you're right. I mean, the theatrical isn't it like a dog leg left. Yep. It, it, you you kind of almost have to like lay it out there in the middle of the cut. Well, of the it all depends on how fast you. It all depends whether you got to draw. True. Or if you can elevate the ball, you can cut over the trees. Yep, that's true. Uh, it all depends on what your you know what your flight ball flight is and how you swing. Well, I can promise you, my ball flights are erratic. That's how often yeah. I play. So <laughs> wherever that ball well, goes out is- there, I'm in trouble. Mine is too. That's but I try because we you know we get a closer tee block. You know, being the seniors, right? So I try to go up and cut the trees. 
because I'm you know closer than sitting all the way in the back. Mm-hmm. And several times I have. And there's several times where I've lifted my head up too fast and I have a line drive into the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Spe- speaking but, of big time golf, what did you think of the Masters? I thought it was very good. I did too. Uh, it um, uh, it had uh, all the suspense. Everybody was waiting for Hideki to lose it. You know, he got that lead on Saturday, that, and me included. That that four stroke margin that he had going into Sunday was not going to hold up, Mm-mm. and damned if he did. Uh, he withheld all. He stood up to all those challenges. He did, especially yeah. if it went fifteen goes in the water, right? He goes long in the water. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. okay, here here's the. Um, Oh, you're you're gonna know the name better than me, but he had the meltdown on the back nine, and it was a famous meltdown. And I want to say, I forget who it was. Well, there've been a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, there has. <laughs> um, yeah. It might have been. Well, recently, I think it might have been with Tiger, wasn't it? Molinari? Didn't he kind of have a? No, a Molinari held on. Did, did he go in the water? Yeah, he did. On sixteen, I think, because everybody went in the water except for Tiger. Because didn't I think yeah, Brooks kept right. going yeah, in the Molinari water? Yeah, Molinari had a meltdown. And- but he held tight all the way to the end. I mean, he didn't fall way back. No, like, no. Like some people have. I mean, I was thinking uh, of Xander yeah. Shuffley. I mean, he here he has a chance on 16, he just dumps it. I was like, oh, that's all. Yeah, Shuffley, he 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 uh, he had his own, own self to kick in the butt. Yeah. But that's Zalatonis, holy cow. I like that kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even hear, I never even heard of him until the Masters. Ne- neither had I. I, I, I enjoyed, I know you watched, Golf. I know you watch a lot of golf. I didn't know that name until the Masters, but yeah, but I even admit that I didn't know who it was. I mean, uh, and he was even having a decent week going into this weekend at Heritage. Was he? I don't know what's happened today, but I cannot believe you just never know what's going to happen. No. First two rounds, old man Stewart Sink, sixteen under par. That's crazy. That's like Thursday and number. Thursday and Friday. I haven't turned it on today. It's I have no idea what's going on. But his guy's like forty nine years old. Yeah, something like that. You know. Yeah, and that, that's some serious numbers at forty nine. Like you're hanging oh, some serious absolutely. numbers there. Sixteen hundred par in two days. Serious numbers, no matter. What, what's your age? <laughs> no matter where who you're you playing. are. Yeah, exactly. Have you been to the Masters? Years and years ago. How, how was back it? in the? Uh, I was there back in the. Uh, Oh, when did I go? 79, something like that. 78, 79. It's one of the most glorious golf courses and and earth you want to walk on. Yeah. Everything's perfect, isn't it? Yep. Yep. There's not a thing that's out of line. Uh, Of course, now you don't even, you go in there, you don't have a phone with you. Really? Uh, No, 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 no cameras, no phones, no anything. Um, no, no, they don't. Uh, they don't allow any of that stuff in there. Now, is that the? It's only one of the most one? rigid places you're going to see rule wise because yeah. the club, right? Because they got a bunch of stiffs that are running the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, but people don't realize that now after the Masters, mm-hmm. they're open for like another three weeks, and then they close until. And then they're closed until the beginning of October. That's what I. That's what I had heard. That yeah. them playing in November of 2020 was actually, I think that the members special deal. Yes, the members understood it, but were not happy mm-hmm. about it. Is what you know? You just kind of listen uh, to some absolutely. banter. Absolutely, um, absolutely. That is pretty wild. I mean, so what does it do? I mean, so they manicure this thing just for conversation. We'll say all June, July, August, September. They just keep it manicured, but you can't go play it. Like it's closed to to be even played. Yeah, it's wow. that's that's exactly right. Interesting. I, I watched. It's, I don't know uh, what it's, night it's, it was. It was leading into it, and it was pretty cool. It was when, I think it was ESPN two. It was like Scott Van Pelt was talking at one of the desks, and then and I think Andy North, I think was the other guy, mm-hmm. and they were interviewing different players. And it was, I think it was practice day because they show the guys out on the practice tee, mm-hmm. and then, they, and then mm-hmm. they'd show them hitting different shots, and they kind of would talk to the guys, and then they'd go back to shots. Mm-hmm. How? I mean, on television, you can kind of see some like 
elevations, right? Like the rolling fairways and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It doesn't do justice, though, on how really rolling it is. Nobody Augusta. really understands how hilly Augusta is. Right. It is super hilly. Yeah. I would not. I would never. I would never even try it unless I was in a cart. So for four days, that's a long walk, then, too. Oh, absolutely. It sure is. I mean, you, you're, you're walking. Like, I remember when once just a basic golfer mm-hmm. playing. 18 holes in a tournament, four four rounds. Yeah. If you're walking, you're basically going anywhere from 24 to 28 miles. Holy hell! Wow, that does show you how what type of shape they're in. Then the thing is, the thing is, saving grace for that is that the place is so compact, you know, so you don't have to walk a mile between a, the green and the next tee box, gotcha. like some places do. So you. That's been... why you see. That's why you see players might hold up on their tee box because somebody's putting gotcha. and you're only like 50, you know, you're only like 50 feet from them. Gotcha. So you've been but, to the masters. Mm-hmm. What other tournaments have you been to? Like majors wise? Well, in major wise, I mean, I've covered a couple of opens, uh, cause, uh, they were a couple of them were in Cleveland, senior open, regular open. Uh, that's where, you know, I got so many stories with Mr. Palmer oh, with the God. senior open. Uh, but, uh, especially playing the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, uh, the greatest, you know, it's the open British, uh, geez, when was that? 99, something like that. That what? was a spectacular time. Where was that? Uh, like, do you remember? Oh, St. Andrews. So you covered the St. Andrews? No, I didn't cover it. Oh, I thought you covered it. I was like, oh, wow. Not that one. No, no, no. Not that one. No. Uh, PGA Championship in Cleveland. Okay. I did one of those. Uh, Canterbury, which is, Canterbury is akin to a fountainhead. Okay. Size-wise, where it sits in the middle of Shaker Heights and Beachwood. You got absolutely no parking. You got hills out to Yang Yang, uh, small. It's just, I mean, it's it's a beautiful place, uh, and Palmer loved it. Uh, there were like four, four or five places that Palmer came to Cleveland just to play in, other than tournaments. He'd come into a place called Tanglewood Country Club, mm-hmm. where is where I first met him in 1970. The Cleveland opens. Yeah. And he would, uh, and another place, which was right up the road from where I lived on the east side, uh, uh, he'd come up and play a course, uh, Pine Ridge Country Club. Uh, he'd come in all the time. Uh, and he did half the time he'd meet up with Sammy Sneed. Oh, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool to watch those two. The, play. Well, the, yeah, the course, the course that I belonged, that I was a member at in, when I lived in Cleveland was on the other side of the interstate from where Pine Ridge was. It was called Manikiki. Okay. And Sneed uh, came in there all the time. And the old Cleveland uh, Cleveland Open uh, was, a, was a regular annual host of that tournament. Okay. And I think he won there like, oh, I want to say five times, something like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of experiences. But the biggest of all, I mean, is just having been able to play yeah. the courses in Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, oh, I you bet, know, I bet I've that was I've played like awesome. 15 of them. Now, do you have to have a certain handicap to get on certain courses over there? <laughs> on every one of them. Do you really? Yeah. You just don't, uh, uh, you have to, you got to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to uh, uh, provide them with uh the information from the club your member club mm-hmm. your established handicap yeah. you have to provide that before they guarantee you your tea time oh wow mm-hmm. yep now some people have gotten away with murder in getting on the courses and i a perfect example uh i was playing four courses in two days okay four courses okay this was in uh, Scotland, and it started the morning. This was on Friday morning. 
I had an 8.20 tee time up at Narn in uh, central Scotland. My dad played that course, I think. Yeah. And uh, that afternoon, I had a 4.20 tee time on the old course at St. Andrews. Okay. So I got those. You know, and you have plenty of time because you can drive everything quickly. Right. And then Saturday morning, I had a 6.10 tee time on the new course at St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. And then at uh, 2.40, I had tea time at Carnoustie, mm-hmm. which is like 20 minutes drive from St. Andrews. Okay. Uh, There's a lot of traffic that day. The thing was, that Saturday morning, beautiful. I mean, absolutely glorious morning. Uh, by the time I start driving, you know, we're driving, driving, driving. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, the clouds start forming. And here comes the clouds off of the uh, sea. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Get into uh parking lot, go into the starter's gate, check in. And just as I check in, guess what it starts doing? It just starts pouring left and right. Oh, my goodness. The guy asked him, do you want to wait it out? And I said, oh, absolutely. I'm not here for any, you know, for any known reason uh, not to play. So he waited out. It was about an hour. Wait, finally, all of a sudden. It was just like, course is open now. We resume tea times. And just as he was calling our name out of the uh, uh, the, uh, the announcements for tea times, Mm -hmm. it was like, God said, okay, rain's gone, opening up the skies, all sun, rest of the day. Oh, that's awesome. Just like that, right before you get ready to tee up. But the story is, by getting there and being able to play, the other three people that I had in my group were from New York. Okay. And not one of them belonged on that course. They fabricated whatever they did to get on that course. Oh, I bet they did. They were over this hill. They were over that hills and dales. They were everywhere. Everywhere. And the story of that, to finish the whole, we're coming up 18. Okay. Those guys are nowhere to be found. They're going after the T-ball there, T-ball there, whatever. And most of the places, every time I went over there, I did. A, I hired a caddy. Smart. The one that I had at Carnoustie, his name was Kenny. He was a 35-year 35 35 veteran of that place. I couldn't have had a better caddy. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, we're coming to hit the ball, hit nice T-ball on 18. And... Uh, you know, what's further up ahead, if you remember way back when one of the opens at Carnoustie, when John Vandeveld mm-hmm. went into the drink, yes, and lost the open there, yes, okay. So he says, I want you to just take a seven iron out here, let's just lay up on your second shot, okay. And I listened to him all day long, every club selection. He didn't steer me wrong at all. But I started, oh, my goodness gracious, my eyeballs started popping out. I said, "This I got to go for this. And so I said, sorry, Kenny, I want my five wood. And I got the five wood out, and I just poked that son of a bitch up there with the front of the green, over you know, over the uh, mm-hmm. over the creek and rolled all the way to the front of the green and ended up with the birdies. That's awesome. But on the way over, when we're walking after the second shot, he says, I'm going to show you exactly where he went in. And it was a couple of weeks after that open, he had come back and he carved his name into the bricks. Oh, that's at, cool. At the Creek. That was awesome. That's cool. That's very cool. And, and so you get up there and I nailed it. I got about a 25 footer uphill, mm-hmm. hardly any brick. And you know, at that time of day, you know, you know, this is, you know, this is like six o'clock now. And, you know, I get people out there for their early evening tea, sitting outside the clubhouse and all that stuff. And they're watching you, you know. Anyway, I go up and I nail this birdie. He runs over. Kenny runs over to the hole, picks the ball up out of the cup, and comes up to me, you know, like two feet from me, and holds up the ball to my face. And he says, to my lad, I've got it for a lot of amateur golfers over here in the years and you are the first person 
that has come onto this course that I've caddied for that has not lost his golf ball. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wasn't in the grouse. I wasn't in the heather. I was in nothing. I wasn't even in a pot bunker that day. Oh, wow. And I shot an 82. That's that's. Awesome. And, you know, over there, you play from the pro tips. I'll say, you, 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 you're, you're playing back tips, in those, right? Back then, you didn't have those big advantages where they have five tee blocks now and, and all that stuff. Right. What so was it like was, playing that, that course? That was unbelievable. The, the old course is, like, probably the most famous course in the world. Like, what's it like Yeah, but i tell you what. The new course is tougher. Is it? Yes. Yes. The new course is tougher. Uh, the old course has got, obviously, all the history and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, and the new course is, the uh, old course is closed on Sundays. Is it? You do not play golf on the old course. Hmm. You know, in St. Andrews over there, they got like 17,000 courses now. Uh, Kings, you know, the new course, Kings David, and just all kinds of where you still can play on Sunday. But on Sunday over there for the old course, it's a uh, picnic day. So Anybody people... in the city or whoever, you just walk and roam the course, sit down in the middle of the fairway, have a picnic, whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like coming up 18 on St. Andrews? Oh my God. I, I tell you, when I played it, it, I didn't, I was shaking my pants because I just got done taking a picture on the Swilkin Bridge at 17. Okay. So you know, I'm already stoked, you know, and you're just coming up and you just, uh, I just don't want to push one across the uh, street. Right. Or, you know, over the rail into the street and hit, uh, you know, old Tom Morris's shop or something like that. And when I played there, they were t- still tearing down uh, the seats from the open. So you didn't have a whole lot of room, you know, to scatter. And, of course, where the green is, the fairway is just like, you know, immediately to the first fairway in tee box. Right. And so you think you just don't want to hit one, you know. And so you're, you're more nervous on the 18th than you are for the very first time hitting a ball in Scotland on the first tee. Right. Uh, you just want, and I, and I parred, I parred 18. I had a big roll on the second, on the second ball. But, uh, that was, uh, that was just, the thing about that was great too, is our hotel was only 500 yards up the street. Okay. Uh, from the RNA, uh, you know, great. It's just, it's great memories. Jeez. Yeah, you just uh, that you're never gonna lose. No, absolutely not. And uh, yeah. you said you took a picture on the uh, the Swilkin Bridge. Oh, I shirt. still have. Oh God, yes, yeah. That's awesome. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, right in the middle, and then you know the thing is, you know, you think, okay, well, you remember when Jack Nicholas, you know, made his last walk over the Swilkin Bridge and his last open, and there's Palmer and stuff like that. And you think you say you walked that same bridge as these guys. Mm-hmm. It's mind-boggling. It, it, and and it's you cool. can't do that in too many other sports. No, you can't. You're not going to be able to walk out into the uh, the center of Boston Garden or, you know, onto the ice and, you know, whatever. No, you know, you're not going to walk out in center field and say, hey, Willie Mays played here. It, exactly. You know, we, yeah. the luxuries aren't the same as, as they are with golf. You're right about that. That is pretty yeah. cool. Um, it's, it, it's unreal. Now, I think, what's the next one coming up? Is it the U.S. Open? It's the U.S. So Open. Because it? it don't. It's coming up next. Yeah, aren't, didn't they change it? And, and I'm, I could be wrong. Wasn't it like Masters, then U.S. Open, then the the? No, they didn't change the rotation. They did. They did last year, but the normal rotation they're back into. They're back to normal rotation now. Are they going to try to play them consecutively, month wise too? Weren't, yeah, weren't they going to try to do like one are, a yeah. month or something goofy like that? It's always goofy this day and age. Yeah. No, you, um. Because they have to what now they're still cognizant of the travel, you know, over the pond for the open. That's true. Uh, and they're still, you know, they're still deciding on whether or not they're going to make the players a major, which they should. The players' championship. That's the one in September, right? No, no, they've already had that. That's the first tournament the of the first year. Tournament See, year. now that's what confuses a lot of people because where they have them, that's when they start jockeying it around. Because they have not settled in on deciding whether or not the uh, players is going to be 
a major or not. Gotcha. So they fit it in a September, or they go back to their regular date in in March, or you know what have you. Mm-hmm. It's they've just got to decide on what they're going to do with that tournament, so they can get back to you know the regular schedule. But uh, it should be, I think. So, because I think the U.S. Open this year is Tory Pines, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And Tiger won't be there. I know, right? <laughs> he loves that course. Yes, he does. And I think it's Royal, it looks like, I just looked it up, it's Royal St. George for the European, or they just call the Open Championship. Yeah, for the Open, yeah. Yep. And that's someplace. Is played it? there. It's, uh, all of them are just got their own type of difficulties and you know it depends on where you know how they you know if you're if your course is laid out uh parallel to the irish sea like port rush is and stuff like that once that wind comes up oh my god it's unbelievable it's you just can't even you can't even drive you could even steer a golf ball through that stuff you just hope and pray you can find a ball but it's a thrill it's it's uh for the golfer it's a thrill have you played pebble beach yes i have is it i know that's expensive and all that stuff I've, I've when i played that. it in when i played it in 82 at that time it was 205 dollars that's an 82 <laughs> this right now this year the last two years to get on pebble beach is 640 dollars now you have to stay too, right? Like, don't they? They, yep. they ping you in yep. on something else too, right? Yep. And the six forty does not include lodging. Uh, I think or they've doesn't. changed that to do that. That it does now. Gotcha. But at one time it did not. That's what I thought. That's what yeah. I thought. Yep. So how now? You said earlier you're you're having some back issues. You're not able to go out and play. Do you? Are you think you're going to take a couple of weeks off and get be able to get back on the course? Uh, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to fight through it. Good. Uh, I'll be, I'll be out Monday. Uh, see what happens. Uh, cause our senior season starts, uh, starts on Tuesday. And ha- now what's your senior season look like? Do you play certain many times a week? Do you play a certain? No, it's uh, no, it's uh, that's the Maryland Interclub Senior Golf Association. Okay. NISCA. And that's, you know, the clubs all over the state. And you normally play on Tuesdays, but it varies depending on what a host club has available. Uh, but they've cut, Dirk has cut down our schedule here. We're only playing at home four times this year. Oh, wow. Uh, playing probably 20 times on the road, 20 on the road, something like that. But you have your choice. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play on the ball. Gotcha. Uh, but it, it's neat. You know, it always has been. It keeps the competitive you know, juices flowing. Yeah, and while you mix, you mix with people. You don't have four people from your own club in a group. It's always, you're mixing with others and and things like that. And plus there's other tournaments too uh, that I've played in with this, uh, you know, two-man best balls and stuff like that that they have. But uh, yeah, that's starting up. We have, in fact, we have our first one Tuesday morning. I was going to say, what time do you you guys usually go off? Nine o'clock. And how long does it take you to play 18? Me, personally, I'd like it to take only three hours. Yeah. If I had my way. <laughs> <laughs> but with some, you know, when you're in some of these situations, it takes, you know, it can take four, four and a half hours. I always wondered yeah. that when when I watched the, like, the Masters and it's like a 2.40 tee time. Like It doesn't mm-hmm. take those guys very long to play 18 holes there, does it? No, no. Uh, they're done. They're done inside of four hours, mm-hmm. and and that's that's super for all the pressure that they face. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great time. Who is your favorite golfer of all time? Mine. Yeah, Mr. Palmer. Yeah, there's not even you're not even a not even a, a closeness to it. Yeah, uh, it's definitely definitely the man. I mean, both from a golf standpoint. Uh, and from a personal standpoint, if have had have had the opportunities to uh, meet and talk with him, and he's and, really humble, isn't he? Oh, uh, he's he's you know he, 
do anything for you. Yes. And, and he's got, he had his memory that won't quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the second time that I saw him, I hadn't seen him for uh, like a year and a half, two years after the first time I met him. And when we ran into him, he remembered me. That's cool. And, yeah, and he always did from the times that I covered. And, and, uh, and I won the senior open at Canterbury one year. He's walking off 18. And through the ropes, this he had won it. This was in, uh, oh, uh, shoot, uh, 95, I think it was, 93, 95, something like that, whatever. And he comes off through the ropes on 18, and then he spotted me. And I was like, I'm just going to wait. And, you know, you got to go sign your card and everything like that. And you didn't have to do anything in any press rooms back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's never talking to stop you. I'll be back out with you and see you, Jim. You know, that's just the way he was. That's cool. And he got that from his father. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Sam Snead. Was Snead, like Jack Nicholas? were they kind of the exact same way? Uh, Snead, uh, from what I get, I never really talked, interviewed him, right? He was before my time. Right. But, you know, from uh, you know, accounts and stuff like that, he was pretty gruff. Yeah. Uh, just like Nicholas was in his early, his early years. Uh, Nicholas was hated. Uh, coming out of Ohio State, uh, you know the Golden Bear, you know cocky, mm-hmm. cocky as can be, knew he was going to win. Uh, and really, the only people, and that's why they were the big three. The only people that really put up with him, beat him, were Palmer and uh, Player. Right. And uh, you know, once in a while, and Trevino was in there, but uh, they stood up to him, and that's how they became the big three. You know, the, the three amigos. Yeah. So to speak, but over the years he became very he, he really mellowed. Yeah. Uh, over the years, and I think he had to in order to be successful. Uh, other than on the golf course, right? You know, the guys got. I mean, the guys. So his his designs and things like that. You know, he's worldly. Right. But uh, you now that's the difference. He. Uh, Back then, I hated him. Yeah, I didn't care if he was from Ohio State or not. I was that was see that was going to be my next question. Even a guy from Ohio State, I was going to ask that. That didn't make any difference. He didn't care. He didn't care. Then Tom Weisskopf was also a Ohio State guy. I mean, he was much nicer. Right. He, I mean, he was a nicer guy uh, than Nicholas was at that time, and he became a designer too. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, but but. And what are you, you going to do? That's the way they are growing up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, just, and, and I'm going to use any bad example, but like Bryce Harper. I mean, I was listening yeah. to something the other day. It was They were playing at the Mets, and they were talking about, um, it was two days prior to Jackie Robinson Day, so it was the 13th, and they were talking about ESPN had to cover their Jackie Robinson stuff that day, and they were mm-hmm. talking about how the baby has mellowed out Bryce. Because, mm-hmm. you know... Here he is, 16 years old, on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He goes gets his GED so he can play in JUCO earlier. Like his entire life, he was told how good he was, and then all of a sudden, he gets to the majors and he's just it, another guy. Exactly, and and he's I mean he's put up unbelievable numbers, and I'm sure he'll continue to do so. But uh-huh. he's not the Mike Trout. I'm a huge Mike Trout fan. I think he's the best I player. Don't, in I'm not. You don't like Mike Trout? No, I think he's the most overrated player in baseball. Really? Who is your favorite player in baseball right now? Anybody who plays for the Indians. <laughs> um, actually, you know, I was really PO'd that uh, they didn't even, you know, they couldn't afford it. But I was really PO'd that Franco had to go. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, not Frank, I, you know, Lindor, Frankie. Fra- yeah, for us, I, knew, I knew who you meant. I mean, but what did he, he got some stupid money to go to the Mets, didn't he? Stupid money. She's yeah, like thirty million dollars a year for that's, ten years. That's crazy. That's just nuts. And did you, did you catch any highlights from the Dodgers and the Padres last night? No. Tatis hit a bomb. The game took five hours and forty eight minutes. Nine innings? No, twelve. Oh, uh, did it really? Guy got beamed, oh, wow. and they had like a thirty minute like brawl slash breaking everything up, and oh yeah. I don't think anybody. I don't think Dodgers can be beat. They're pretty good. They're very they got an good. awesome offense. Yeah, they do. They do, and they got a good pitching staff. 
Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Bauer. They got Trevor, and then I think in the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. or the Pacific Ocean. And then tonight they it is Clayton Kershaw against Hugh Darvish is going to be the matchup out there. For oh, that's tonight. not bad. No, that's going to be a pretty good one. Although I think the last couple of years Kershaw has really just kind of I don't know he's just not been himself. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Not been himself. But uh, yeah, the best pitcher in baseball. I don't think anybody can compare it to Bieber. Or still, still is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys are second in the AL Central right now. Yeah, despite no bats. Exactly. I was just looking. He only they only got like a couple home runs. That's like well, Ramirez has got four, I think. Mm-hmm. He and, does. Uh, up. Yep. Fran Mill has got three or four. Yep. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know, Rosario has not hit like they expected. No. He hasn't hit yet. Uh, and other than that, I mean, they got no power. Nothing. You're a plus three differential, 49 runs scored and 46 given up, and you're seven yeah. and six and number two in the uh, central. So yeah, and got no hit too. I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, they're an easy. They're an easy. <laughs> you want to pick somebody who can get no hit at any time? It'd be the Indians. Was that a home game or a road game? That was in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. Yep. And I think the guy threw one for the Padres, and it was the first. Musgrave, that was the first one in team history. Yeah, how about that? Can you imagine that? Can you believe that, that's, Joe Musgrave? That's crazy. First one ever. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, that guy's going to be like a legend in the, the history books forever at that place, just because he's oh, the only geez. one who's thrown it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's for sure. What's the rest of your day look like? You guys getting in anything? I'm just doing that. I'm just doing put my gonna eat lunch here and here in a second and nice. uh, put the rest of my put all my golf books together. Nice. Well, I I appreciate you know us being able to catch up and talk and you know everything like that. Oh yeah, super. As always. I love having Tim on the show. It's always fun to catch up with him. Wealth of knowledge and a little bit of everything. Now I didn't know he knew that much about golf in Washington County. Hell, I didn't know that much about golf in Washington County or even some of the situations that occurred. But, you know, we recorded this earlier in the weekend. Stuart Sink wins yesterday. He kind of called that one a little bit here while we talked. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, looking forward to having him on Fridays so we can kind of catch up. It'll be like a Friday focus with Tim, and we'll kind of start going from there. So I'm really excited that the show's picking back up and where we're going to be with having guests here on the show. With that being said, when we come back right after this, we'll talk about what tonight looks like, what this week looks like, and what the weekend looked like. We'll be back right after this. Never in my wildest dreams podcast begins in... Three, two, one... This past weekend was a really chill weekend, you know, was able to hang out with family and loved ones, was able to, uh, you know, just relax and lay around, go out and get some drinks, enjoy life, enjoy, you know, creating memories and, you know, taking walks outside, walking the dog and, you know, shooting hoops in the backyard. Um, it felt good since the car crash to be out there and get some shots up. Still didn't miss very many. I, uh, laugh at myself every single time I go to shoot because the muscle memory is just pop, pop, pop. And it's not changed and it's something that I don't think is going to change. I'm very fortunate to learn how to shoot the right way. My dad taught me how to shoot the basketball the right way. But I really enjoyed that over the weekend, just going and hanging out with, like I said, loved ones and family. This weekend was probably one of the best weekends and just chilling. And it's kind of a uh, forecast on what the rest of my life's going to look like. And I'm really looking forward to that. This week by the way, is going to be an awesome week as well. It is a baseball diamond week, and it's going to be a whole bunch of fun. We got games on Monday, today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Friday. Looking forward to that. Got dinner with the girls tomorrow, so we're going to go out grab some dinner, and then I'm going to head on over to the Little League and catch the game. Tonight we got Smithsburg is hosting North, and then on Wednesday Smithsburg is hosting Boonesboro, and Smithsburg travels to South Hagerstown High School on Friday. That is all in the world of sports here in Washington County that I'm going to be attending. I also know there's some games today. Let's talk about those real quick before we get off here. The Clear Spring Blazers travel to South Hagerstown High School for boys varsity baseball as well as softball. Boonesboro is at Williamsport today for both boys baseball and girls softball. And as I said earlier, 
that North Hagerstown is at Smithsburg. That is all for the show today. I want to thank you for listening to Never In My Wildest Dream podcast. When we come back tomorrow, it's going to be Trust Tuesday Sports Wrap. Talk about what the game was like today, what it, what the uh, the evening was like, as well as what it looks forward to with me and the girls tomorrow and doing dinner and everything like that. But like I said, thank you for listening to the show, and we will talk to you soon.